Master Teague, who doesn't have a carry yet tonight, is now the tailback. Stroud watching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown, Smith and Jacob. Are you kidding me? Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. I am back for the first of my prospect previews for the upcoming 2023 rookie class. And as you can assume from that opening clip, I will be talking today about the wide receiver one with a bullet, Jackson Smith, a Jigba. And I could not be more excited to be joined by uh, one of the newer guys to Twitter space, but a, a must follow in my opinion, uh, FF Snoog. Uh, how's it going? Good, Mike. Thank you for having me on, and I'm excited to dive into one of my favorite prospects in the class and favorite prospects in a while, to be honest. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree. I, I'm a Michigan fan. I went to the University of Michigan, so I, I saw up close and personal how JSN, all of the things that he could do on a football field. I, I know against Michigan, he was actually beating us, mostly in contested catches, not even in open space, and the versatility is something with JSN that I think is just incredible and is really going to be one of the key factors to make him a superstar in the NFL. So I think what we should do for to start off is uh, start off with just an overview of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I, I'm sure many of our listeners are uh, quite familiar with his game, uh, but just to give a brief update, uh, Smith and Jigba was a five-star recruit. Uh, number five overall wide receiver in the class, came in, played a little bit in 2018, but not a whole lot. He really had that one highlight play where he somehow contorted his body in the back of the end zone to get his foot down. Um, that was, you know, one of my favorite plays I've seen uh, during this whole scouting cycle. And then in 2021, playing opposite Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave, or rather in between those guys, he put up a 95 catch, 1600 yard season, tacked on nine touchdowns to go with that average 17 yards a catch, which for a mostly slot guy is, is pretty incredible. So, uh, and then obviously last year, he really didn't play at all. He, he, he came in, I think in two or three games had, I think four catches total on the season, but it was basically a lost season for him due to injury. So looking at his, uh, production profile, what stands out the most to you? So personally, I think that he was able to put up 1600 yards on the same offense as two top 12 first round picks in 2022. Um, and he commanded a 32% target share with those two guys. Uh, clearly you can see that I'm a huge Garrett Wilson fan. He was my wide receiver one last year. And when I watched his film at the time, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was just a name that I constantly heard, saw. He was always making plays all over the field, whether it was in the slot, on the outside, after the catch. And I think that personally that if you can command a target share like that with elite weapons around you and produce at a high level on an offense like that as considered like the third option is just immaculate. I mean, I just don't see how anybody could be low on somebody like that. Context is always needed with stuff like that. I mean, Jamison Williams has had to transfer to get playing time because he wasn't going to play over Jackson Smith, who was another 12, top 12 round pick. So, I mean, I just think that he just absolutely blew the doors off production in 2022. Uh, and I just think that if he continues this at the next level, he's going to be a top 12 dynasty wide out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you started there because that's where a lot of the discussion around JSN comes from. 
to me, what I've heard are kind of two red flags. Number one, he only has one year of production. Uh, number two, he seems to be a slot only guy. And being a slot only guy in college, first of all, doesn't mean that you're going to be a slot only guy in the pros. But it is worth noting that if any players taken within the top 50 picks, uh, this is going back over the last six years, uh, JSN does have the fifth highest slot rate. And the guys above him are guys like Christian Kirk, KJ Hamler, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. Those are players who really stayed at stayed in the slot in the NFL, which makes you think that JSN might. Um, but the next two guys after him are Jalen Waddell, Traylon Burks, and then Justin Jefferson. So that gives some hope that he might not just be a slot guy. And I, I know we're going to get down into the film breakdown a little bit later, but personally, I don't see him as just a slot guy. To me, we're looking at a sample size of the 2021 season where he was playing with Alave and Garrett Wilson. It made sense that he was lining up in the slot during that time period. But the truth is that he was outperforming those two players. So it sounds like you're of the opinion that playing with those players and still producing those numbers is a good thing. I know some people are saying, you know, Wilson and Alave were taking up so much attention that it was easy for JSN. What did you see in the tape that kind of proved that he was doing it, you know, with them and almost in spite of them, not because of them? Yeah. So basically I've said this before and it's kind of stuck with me since I mentioned it. He's the elite athlete that matters for fantasy football. He has that elite short area quickness and you see that just littered all over his film. He's just constantly making plays with the balls in his hand. I mean, Garrett and Olave did very good winning on the outside. A lot of their volume was downfield. A lot of JSNs was underneath and he was making a lot of plays after the catch. And that's what you need, honestly, to hit that elite ceiling at the next level. You can't be a statue wide out unless you're as good as like a Stefan Diggs type of player. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it really is the agility that Jackson Smith Jigba has that sets him apart from really anyone else in this class and anyone else that I've seen for a very, very long time. Um, he, he obviously had the fastest three cone drill in this class. I think it was the fastest in the last five years, if I remember correctly. Um, his shuttle was absolutely absurd too. So he, he has that agility to play in the slot. Um, to me, what surprised me the most on tape that you mentioned briefly was, was the yards after catch. And, and I think now's a good time to transition into some of his strengths and weaknesses. So to me, Jackson Smith, the Jigba's key strengths were that agility, the ability to create separation out of basically nowhere his yak ability, and then finally his contested catch ability, which again, for a slot only guy might not seem that important, but we'll, you'll find throughout listening to this podcast that both of us don't think that he's that guy. Um, what did you see? Why don't we start off um, with, uh, with his route running ability? What did you see as far as that? Yeah, so I think he's a route running technician. Um I think that's one of the things that people underrate him as. I think he's the best route runner in this class when it comes down to it. He has just such a good feel for the game. He's so natural. He's just such a controlled mover. And you see that after the catch, before the catch, off the line. He's a really good release, good footwork. He's very controlled. He's he's not like a spazzy player. Like, like Jerry Judy, for example. He was like one of those kind of whippy, spazzy, like, doesn't have good body control sometimes like he shows on like that uncoordinated movement Jackson just looks like a piece of silk um 
But same traits for me, I, I noticed on film, you mentioned the, the elite ability after the catch. Um, he was really good in man coverage as well. And just his ability to create plays and like move in tight areas and like the way he maneuvers in like short areas with like his elite quickness that obviously showed up at the combine when he ran his agility circuits. Um, and I think another thing that's underlooked is his size. He actually has really good size. He's like, what was he? Six foot one ninety six. Yep. That's something that people under that people overlook a lot. Is like Garrett Wilson was like one hundred eighty pounds. Chris Olave was like one eighty seven. So he he's bigger than these guys, and he's moving very quickly at that size. He's he's probably playing at two hundred pounds before, like he probably cut down a little bit for the combine to absolutely smoke the doors off the agility circuit in my opinion yeah. but he's probably a 200 pounder so I, I just think it's crazy the number one trait that he has is just his quickness and like that's what waddle had waddle had the long speed too but waddle had that elite quickness and that's just so special to me to be able to move like that especially as the wide receiver yeah and and actually their games i mean the way that they succeed are different but if you look at a lot of their stats there's a lot in common between JSN and Waddle at the college level. I mean, uh, most people wouldn't think that JSN had a, you know, lar- uh, longer yards per reception and a larger A dot than Alave and Wilson did in the year that they shared at college. He ran a lot of slot fades. He ran a lot of crossing routes and he doesn't have the speed like Waddle did to run away from players on those crossing routes. But what he can do is he can use his size, like you said, and use his route running nuance and his quickness where he just gives a little head fake. He gets on the wrong side of you. And then he uses that strength and really his footwork to keep his defender on his back And that brings me to what I really love about him as well, which is his contested catch ability. Um, He is the number one contested catch ability since 2018, literally the hundredth percentile of all of the wide receiver prospects I'm looking at. And that's, you know, over 300 prospects. And for a guy, you know, if you've just been listening to us and haven't seen JSN play a lot, what are we talking about? Pretty good size, really quick feet, really good agility and contested catch ability. Again, this isn't a guy who's just going to play in the slot, right? Just because we didn't see it in college doesn't mean that it's what's going to persist in the pros and JSN has it all. So what, what did you see from his hands and his contested catch ability? I think he's a very natural catcher of the football. I think he actually has one of the best sets of hands in this class. Um, we heard what we saw. I know you saw the interview of him, Garrett Wilson, or Olave, just the way they hype him up. Garrett's like, he's one of those guys that just the way he catches the football or like he never drops the ball. It's just not a thing for him. Um, I, I actually read, which was funny. It made me laugh. I was, lis- I was listening to this guy on YouTube. I'm not going to say who, but he mentioned that as one of his weaknesses that he saw from a scout like an NFL scout. I don't know what website he was that he used, but he said that as one of the weaknesses, they said that Jackson Smith had drop issues and he wasn't a good pass catcher, which I think is hilarious because like you mentioned, he's a hundred percentile contested catch rate player and you don't have bad hands if you are the best in contested areas. That's what separates the good from the bad. But I just think his hands show up on film. I, I mean, I personally haven't really seen him drop the football. No, he he really hasn't. And and he was nine of 10 in contested catches, according to PFF in 2021. 
Um, I tracked a bunch of his targets and actually found a few more that, you know, in my opinion, were contested catches. I remember the one against Michigan where he was essentially diving backwards around, I think it was DJ Turner, um, and just making that absurd body control catch. You mentioned earlier in comparison to Jerry Judy, he's a lot more of a fluid player. And I think that's, that's spot on everything that JSN does on a football field is just so fluid and in control. And even a guy like Garrett Wilson, who's a very fluid player, he had that weird little jump thing that he was doing at the combine as he was catching the football. JSN just has none of that. All of it is so fluid and, I see him having an incredibly high floor at the next level because to me his, and we'll get into NFL comps a little bit later, but to me, his floor is really a guy like Christian Kirk, because I think he's going to be able to get open in the short game. He's going to be able to break tackles after the catch, and he's going to be able to threaten you down the field. Um, And that brings me to, you know, my next strength for JSN, which is his versatility. Um, he was the only guy in college football in 2021 to have at least 15 catches at each of the five levels of the field. Um, he really just has the ability to do it all. And, uh, I think combine his deep threat and contested catch ability with his ability to break tackles. And he's going to get these scheme touches. He's going to get a lot of these ISO routes, whether it's out wide or in the slot. And I really think that just elevates his floor where, Basically, the film is backing up everything that the production showed. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I'm so happy you brought up the scheme fit and the versatility because I've been dying to say this. But he's a what he is is say say he is a power slot in mm-hmm. quotes is how people want to call him. That's fine. That's that's situation proof. If he goes to a great say he falls and the Cowboys take him and he goes to the Cowboys and plays next to C.D. Lamb. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. That's not an issue. Say he goes to the Seahawks. Like, I see a lot of mocks having him go to the Seahawks. He will do just fine lined up next to DK because he has that versatility. He can play in the slot. He can play wherever you need him to play on the football field. And that he just shows that on film. The first video that you displayed at the beginning of this pod in the introduction is him winning on a slot fade, contested catch area over the shoulder, like contorts his body and just makes a spectacular grab with the game on the line. So, I mean, he's phenomenal. And I I just think he's the, he has the highest floor and the highest ceiling in this class in terms of at the wide receiver position. And I just don't see a scenario where he busts. I I really do think he's bust proof. And that goes to tie in with the versatility that you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Like you go through all the fits, even in a place like, you know, Baltimore with the offense they ran with Lamar, like he would still be very effective. They have a lot of design touches there. And I'm, you know, confident that if he is in a system that's a run first offense, he's just going to feast against single coverage. Um, So let's talk about some of the weaknesses that we saw on film. Um, I'm going to get into a little statistical breakdown of some of the key stats that I look at that might highlight some weaknesses, but I wanted to ask you if you noticed any weaknesses on film. Yeah. One, one is definitely his long speed. And I think it is something that we need to bring to attention. I'm I'm not a guy that believes in long speed, but to an extent it does matter mm-hmm. because I, I saw this thing on Twitter today. It was the top 10 fastest wideouts since like 2005, I think combine wise. 
all 10 of them, none of them have been good in fantasy football. So, I mean, I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't matter. But I do think it can limit his ceiling just a little bit because like Justin Jefferson was a four, four flat guy. Jamar Chase was a four, three, eight guy or something similar. So th- those guys are definitely fast and they can win with speed. As to Jackson, I'm not as sure he can win with his quickness. Waddle was another very fast guy who wins with his speed, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But then you got guys like Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, and Cooper Cup, and guys like that that win with their feet and their quickness and their IQ. And Jackson ties into that bucket of players for sure. But honestly, his long speed is the only knock that I have on him coming out. And then obviously, you do always have to mention – playing next to Garrett and Olave and playing predominantly in the slot. Is that a red flag? I'm sure it is. I I just think it you can't knock someone for a crowded room because if those guys weren't there, I'm sure he would have blew up. Like this year he was injured. Even if he played, he was alongside Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka. So that that team's just so loaded at the wide receiver position that it's kind of tough. But just to see someone put up 1,600 yards on that team with those players surrounding him, it's just I, – I just can't get past it. I mean, he's and, phenomenal. Yeah, and one thing that I noticed watching tape where I actually stopped watching tape and went back and watched a full game um, is I wanted to see is the defense scheming for JSN. So the games where JSN starts cooking, on that drive, are they doing something to switch it up? Or are they still more worried about Wilson and Alave? Because I think it's honestly a little bit ludicrous to say that he would have done worse if he didn't have Wilson and Alave there, you know, top eight dynasty wide receivers, first round picks, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I watched uh, the Nebraska game and the Purdue game and JSN had at least four four catches on against Purdue and five catches on one drive against Nebraska. Uh, He was absolutely opposing coverage. Uh, The last one against Nebraska ended in a touchdown where they were shading an extra safety over to him. And he juked out the uh, linebacker so bad on a zag route that he was just wide open and the safety couldn't even get over in time. So what I saw taking a step back from like the isolated clips of his plays and looking at the whole game was that he was a lot of what the other team was scheming for. He was just defeating that scheme. Um, exactly. Exactly. As far as long speed goes, I, I agree with you. I mean, we, we can't argue what his speed is. Like we didn't see the 40, but I'm assuming it was around a, would have been around a four, five, five, four, six is kind of the way I see him on tape, but you're completely right. Like he, Cooper Cup has been the wide receiver one the last two years. DeAndre Hopkins is a slow player. Devontae Adams is a slower player. Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen. There's all these guys that you can mention where, yes, it is a potential limiting factor and he doesn't have that deep ball out, but that also means that he's not going to be wasted running go routes like I think a guy like Quentin Johnston might be. Um, a guy like Jalen Hyatt might be Smith. The Jigba is going to run these really high value routes. And and that brings me into what I wanted to talk about next, which is just how highly JSN ranks in basically any metric you look at. So he is in at least the 95th percentile on, again, this is since 2018 of drafted wide receivers on PPR points per route, PPR points per target, uh, receiving yards per team pass attempt. Um, 
all of those stats, again, weighted by age, yards per route run, all of these things, he is in the top 5%. And he is number one, as I said, in contested catch rate and in first down rate. JSN is going to be a guy who can move the ball for you, who can threaten you deep. And I think he really can threaten 95 to 100 catches from year one. I could see him almost being used like year one Jalen Waddle was which if you remember, he was being used more in the slot. He was being used a lot on manufactured touches, a lot more in the short game. I'm hoping JSN gets used a little bit more creatively than that, but I think really his floor is getting to those, you know, 80-plus catches, which all of a sudden you're a wide receiver too, at least in your rookie year. Yes, 100%. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the Waddle comp because I I, I actually had, I think I tweeted that. I'm not sure, but – we, we think alike exactly on that. Um, Waddle was like a hundred catch guy. And yeah. I think his yards per catch was like 10 or like nine, which is not the type of wide receiver Waddle is. No. He's so fast and so good downfield. It completely switched this year. I'm pretty sure he had like 18 yards per catch this year, but Jackson Smith has easy, an easy path to 90 to hundred catches as a rookie. I think, especially if he falls in the right scheme. If he goes to a team like Houston or something like that, just a team that has no one really to catch passes, he's just going to take over. And I think that just goes to show how the type of player he is and the type of upside he has. If he has a 95 to 100 catch season as a rookie, he's immediately going to be priced as the top 10 guy. Yeah, as as you know, would make a lot of sense. The so the only metrics that JSN didn't do well on are you know total metrics when looking at all three seasons because he just didn't play a whole lot in both his first and last season, and then really the average depth of target and the slot rate. So average depth of target was pretty low, 14th percentile, and his slot rate he played in the slot I think 85% give or take. So those would be the only concerns. But I I think you and I have already done a pretty good job assessing why we think you know that's more just a product of the offense he was playing in we've seen on tape that he can do a lot better than that um so we've been talking about a lot of nfl players i wanted to get who were kind of your top comps for his game and if you want to comp part of his game to one player part of his game to another player you can do that as well yeah so the first comp that i'm gonna go with this is what i'm rolling with going into the draft process is cooper cup yeah. And it's just that elite short area quickness and the feel that they have for the game is just like elite. And I think he has like that similar season, like ceiling as Cooper Cup in terms of consistently getting open, consistently making plays after catch, downfield. He's just very good in all those areas and aspects of the game. And he's also a very natural playmaker like Cooper Cup. Everything just looks smooth. He looks textbook perfect. I mean, this kid is just going to hit a crazy ceiling. Uh, it might not be year one, might not be year two, but he's eventually going to hit that ceiling, in my opinion. And especially if he is a first-round top 15 pick, he's probably going to hit that ceiling sooner. I know Cooper Cup is like a third-round pick, but and he also wasn't the prospect coming out of school that Jackson Smith was. But mainly in terms of like play style, that's a similar comp for me. Another comp, though, is I actually do kind of want to comp him to Garrett Wilson with his body control because a lot of times in college, you you saw that Garrett Wilson was making a lot of crazy cool catches on the sideline and getting his feet in and making crazy twists and turns and just showing off that elite body control. And I think Jackson is on that level 
and that play that Fields hits him in the back of the end zone, and I think it was his freshman year, where he like yeah. when he just completely rotates his body and gets that one foot in. That just shows off that elite body control. I saw that one play and I said, "This kid has game. Like this kid can play football." But I just truly think the Cooper comp or the Cooper Cup comp is just sticking, and I, I really love that comp. Keenan Allen's not quick enough. I see Keenan Allen a lot. I don't like that comp. I don't think he's quick enough. No, and Keenan Allen is, I know we talked about JSN size, but Keenan Allen is, I think, 6'2", 225. He, he's yeah. a bigger <laughs> bigger type of guy and not at, not nearly as agile or explosive after the catch. Um, I, I think the Cooper Cup one, it's, it's high praise, but really that's just the correct comp as far as I see it. Um, he's not a Justin Jefferson type guy. That's just not his game. The, the other two comps that I have, and, and they're my two closest comps just looking at you know, my film grades compared to my previous film grades for these guys are CD lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown. So yep. I think that a lot of what it shares with CD lamb is what they can do after the catch, um, both in the pros and at Oklahoma, CD lamb was just absolutely absurd after the catch. He could do it with his contact balance. He could do it with quick little juke moves, basically the same things that he would do to get open against zone defenses. He could do that running after the catch. And, and I see a lot of that in JSN's game as well. Um, along with the contested catch ability and some of those circus catches. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is a guy that I was really intrigued, came up as my number one comp to JSN because I was not high on uh, ARSB coming into the draft. And a lot of my numbers are way lower for him. But in terms of what they do well, um, I think he is a good comparison where he's that guy who will absolutely dominate a zone and against man coverage, He's not going to create a ton of separation, but he just has such good hands, such good leverage and nuance in his footwork that he will create enough separation. Um, and I can see him having, again, a rookie year like Amon Ross St. Brown had um, in terms of the last eight games of the year, as well as the first you know, six games of this year before he got hurt. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was putting up 17 PPR points a game. He was basically a top six wide receiver on a per game basis. I think that's a lot to ask for from JSN's rookie year, but um, I see a lot of similarities in their play styles. Yeah, exactly. That CD Lamb comp is is perfect. I like that comp a lot too. They both excel. They were both predominantly slot guys in college, and they both dominate with their quickness and their body control and their fluidity, their fluidity to their play. Um, the only thing is, I think CD Lamb is a little more like whippy, like snappy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Ceedee Lamb had the craziest juke moves. Like his, his film is like a highlight tape. Even if it was, it, it was almost kind of reminds me of Zay Flowers, except Ceedee Lamb is you know forty pounds heavier than Zay Flowers and was yeah. still making yeah. those juke moves. I, I like that Amon Amonra comp too as well. Amonra is somebody that was knocked for his speed and for being a slot guy, and look how that turned out. Jarvis Landry, another guy knocked for his speed in his slot so i mean these guys have proven that they can dominate a offense and command all the targets and produce at a, an elite level in terms of fantasy ceilings so him being a slot i'm not worried about it all at all i actually think he's more versatile than these guys as well i think he would do better on the outside than guys like jarvis landry so i i do think he has a he has a lot higher of a ceiling as them i but, agree the CD Lamb and Amon Ra comps are, are close with the Cooper Cup as well for me. I, I think those are my three comps for him if I had to stick one. The Keenan Allen one is I'm not I'm not falling for that. I, I don't see that at all. 
other than the fact that they're both slower, but yeah, absolutely. And, and Amon Ra was similar to, um, similar to JSN in college where he had a slot rate of 69%. Um, he had an a dot of only 10 and a half. Um, but he, he was not nearly as explosive of a player in college. You know, he only had four and a half yards after catch. Um, so, you know, clearly we know that JSN is a better prospect than Amon Ra. We'll see if he's a better player. The, mm-hmm. the last comp that I wanted to make, um, similar to your Cooper cup one would be really a ceiling comp. And for me, that's Antonio Brown. Um, throwing it back a little bit they have you know very similar size i think antonio was only 511 but in that 190 range antonio ran a 455 and just the ways in which they get open and the ways in which they destroy teams after the catch and can win contested catches at a smaller size i see a lot of antonio brown in him that's been one of my amon raw comps for a while as well you know a less explosive uh, Antonio Brown and I kind of see JSN as a more explosive Amon Ra. So I, I think it, I think that one could work as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I like how there's a thing that people don't like to believe, but there is such a thing as game speed. Yep. And Antonio Brown does not look like a four five five guy. No. <laughs> so that goes to show what, what playing on the football field means versus running in a straight line in shorts. Yep. So I think Jackson definitely, has good game speed. Like I think his game flow and his fluidity to his game. I, I think he moves well. You don't when when you don't see him getting chased down. Like when you see him moving, you're like, oh, this this guy's quick. Like this guy can move. But then it's after that he he gets to a a certain level fast. But then like that next gear he doesn't have. So he has that first set of gears, but he doesn't have that take off. I'll see you in the end zone, Jamison Williams type second gear. Right. Is, he'll he'll score a lot of 30 yard touchdowns by breaking yeah. one tackle and running 10 yards. He's not going to score a lot of 70 yard touchdowns. Exactly. Yep. Nailed it. Exactly. I agree. And and by the way, just wanted to bring some uh, uh, I mentioned earlier about his three cone time. Jackson Smith, the Jigba has the second best three cone time since 2010 behind only Jacob Harris. And he has the fastest shuttle time. So when and you know right behind him are is like jamar chase so when we're talking about him having play speed and having the speed that matters it's not running straight in shorts it's running on a football field uh be or you know uh making athletic moves on a football field using your agility being able to actually get around guys not just run past them and and jackson smith clearly has that um one thing i want to touch on quickly before we get to where he sits in your rankings um is are there I know we talked about his versatility, but are there any teams where you would love to see him drafted or where you would be worried about him? So surprisingly, my number one team that I think is realistic for him to fall to is Houston at 12. Just because I I just know they're taking a quarterback and it's most likely going to be his previous teammate, CJ Stroud, who he put up 1600 yards with, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be Bryce Young, who's another phenomenal talent. These guys are both so accurate, both have a good feel for the game. So if you pair Jackson up with one of these guys, that's an excellent safety blanket for a rookie quarterback. You know, rookie quarterbacks like to take the easy route, take the easy underneath route. So I just think that would be a perfect fit for him. And he'd be competing with like Nico Collins. And John Mechie's, I think John Mechie's a pretty solid football player, but he's coming off the sickness, which was unfortunate and stuff. So I just think that he'll have a clear path of targets on the Texans. And then my second favorite one that I 
don't think is realistic anymore because people are starting to come around on Jackson is the Giants. Yeah. Which at, thinks that at, the at 25, right? That yeah. would be. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't see it happening anymore or or the Chargers. But I, I just think the, the Giants and Dabble system with dimes. He, I think he would catch 100 balls year one in that offense. So those are my two favorite spots. Obviously, I could say the Chiefs or the Bills or the tied to these elite quarterbacks. But if we're being realistic, he's probably going to go. I think he should be a top 10 player in this draft. But teams value speed so much for some reason so that they could draft John Ross and he's out of the league. <laughs> I don't understand it, but Jackson's definitely that dude. And I think him 12 to the Texans would shake a couple people up, but I I would definitely buy into him at that for sure. So I like that. Yeah. And and like you said, I I think he's such a good fit with either Stroud or Young. You know, Stroud, obviously, he already excelled with and is, in my opinion, the most accurate and just the best passer of this class. And Young can really play that point guard style. I think I would like to see JSN more in the slot. If he were to play, go to Houston, I'd be interested to see whether him or Mechie would end up there. I, I'm sure there would be some movement. Um, and, and that would, by the way, only be if Young was there, just because I, I don't like the way that Young throws to the far side of the field. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, for me, the one team you didn't mention, uh, I'm sorry, I got to be a homer for this. I would love to see him on the Patriots. They've They've shown that they can obviously do really well with this type of wide receiver. Um, and I think that he would actually excel with Mac Jones. I think that they have similar strengths. Mac is pretty accurate in the short game and he's accurate, actually really accurate on things like slot fades and just 50, 50 balls. Like Devonte Parker caught like four of those last season. Um, I think JSN could really excel on the Patriots and he's pretty much in that sweet spot at, uh, at pick 14. Um, so we'll see. I, I think I echo your point from earlier that I'm not worried in particular about any landing spot. Um, I don't think we need to talk about where he ranks among your receivers in this class. That seems pretty clear. But what I do want to ask is, uh, is there any landing spot or draft capital that could put uh, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, any of these other guys into the same tier as uh, JSN for you? I actually don't think so. I think I think he's on his own island yeah. throughout this whole process. I mean, I mean, if for some reason he ended up being like a second round guy, it's not going to happen. But if that were to happen and say Quentin Johnson went like top 10, then, then I would put them in the same tier. But if they're all first rounders, if Jackson's a first rounder, he's the wide receiver one, he's in his own tier. I do think Quentin Johnson has a crazy high ceiling, but just the floor that Jackson produces and has, I just think that you can't put them in the same tier. With yeah, how and big of a gap their, their floors are. Personally. And I don't even think that Johnston has as high of a ceiling as JSN. I, when I started this process, I thought it was higher. But, you know, if JSN can be Cooper Cup, Amon Ra, Antonio Brown, like, I don't think Quentin Johnson is going to go become Calvin Johnson. Like, he's just not that good of a player. So, yeah, to me, yeah. I actually think that JSN's ceiling is at least as high. And like you said, the expected value and likelihood of that ceiling is way, way higher. Um I agree with you. Uh, JSN is my fourth rated uh, prospect when combining film and my quantitative grades since 2018. Um, no one else is even in the top 15. 
Um, Jordan Addison comes in at 16. So to me, JSN is clearly in a tier of his own. The only players close to him that I've scouted are Jamar Chase, Lamb, and Devontae Smith, which are the three guys that are above him. Right below him, Jerry Judy, Traylon Burks, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, and Justin Jefferson. So you could see that, you know, going with my film and quantitative model that produced quite a few studs over the last five years. JSN sits right in the middle of them. So have pretty high hopes for him. Um, now let's talk about Jameer Gibbs um, as well as the quarterbacks. Where do you have JSN overall in your rookie rankings and and how would that tear out? Yeah. So we, we actually did a mock the other day together and you saw, and you saw me take, take him at the one Oh two shaking up yep. the draft. If I have to do that, I am going to be doing that in drafts just to get Jackson. I know super flex, but if it's four point leagues, even maybe five point leagues and I don't need a quarterback. And I know the kid behind me at the one Oh three is a big Jackson guy and is going to take Jackson. If I can't move back because I'm pinned like that, I'm taking Jackson 10 out mm-hmm. of 10 times at the one Oh two, especially if he goes top 15 ish to a team that I like, that's a good fit for him. Um, I have him in the same tier as Stroud and Bryce young. I actually have him way over Jameer Gibbs. Um, I will not, touch touch Jameer Gibbs over Jackson and I'm a big Jameer Gibbs guy but I just think the wide receiver position has such a high ceiling in terms of dynasty value and we we saw what happened last year like Drake London Chris Olave Garrett Wilson they're all priced so highly right now and they're all priced as top 10 guys and all they did I'm not saying all they did but they they just put up like really solid years 900 to a thousand yard seasons which is very impressive for a rookie but I just think it's crazy that the past three, four years, we've just had wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver values in these rookie drafts just shoot through the roofs. Yeah. Like the DK class, then you had the Jefferson class, then you had the Jamar Chase class. And we saw guys like T. Higgins, who I like T. Higgins a lot, but he's never really been that guy yet, but he still prices that guy. And I think we're going into year four now. So I just think that position holds value more. And it's not as volatile as the running back position. We see guys like Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, all those guys. Those guys were first-round rookie picks, and they've just taken a, a tumble down the hill. And yeah. we see guys like C.D. Lamb, Jefferson, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman just skyrocket up rankings and just keep progressively gaining value. So yeah, just- and, and to put some numbers behind that, there are 10 wide receivers in the top 30 of Superflex half tight end premium ADP, and there are only four running backs. So, and obviously there are no running backs in the top, you know, 14. So, well, there's four wide receivers in that range. So like you're saying, wide receivers have more stability, uh, just way more. I mean, you look at a guy like Jerry Judy, who has put up some, you know, good numbers on a per snap and per game basis, but hasn't been you know, incredible. And he's being drafted above, you know, Tony Pollard and DeAndre Swift and Ramondre Stevenson and Najee Harris, who has put up, you know, two RB one seasons. Like it's just way easier to maintain a higher floor at wide receiver. And you do have that ceiling outcome. So comparing JSN to Gibbs, I I think you're spot on. I I also think he's just a different tier of prospect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just going to say it here now. If you got everybody that's listening, just do not draft Jameer Gibbs over Jackson Smith. I'm not even going to take Anthony Richardson over him. I don't think um, I can, I, you can argue for Bryce Stroud, but the way I look at it is I would rather move back 
from like the 102 to the 104, 105. I, I'm seeing him go 105, 106 in so many drafts. Yeah, that's so that's the move, sweet spot. That's a huge gap in value. You could probably get like an early second, late first to move back from 112 to 106. I bet you you could easily get a late first for that value gap. Yeah, or, 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 or yeah, or go out and get a twenty-four first. I that's nice. exactly what I'm recommending. Um, you yeah. know, go get a twenty-four first, trade that twenty-four first for Daniel Jones, and roll out Daniel Jones and JSN instead of Bryce Young. Right. right, like there's no reason to reach on like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. They are good prospects, but Bryce Young is basically unprecedented in his size. I saw a lot of issues on his tape. I still think he's a good prospect, but position aside, JSN is a better prospect than Bryce Young. CJ Stroud, I think is a great prospect for the NFL, but he doesn't run a lick. And that is an issue as we know in fantasy, he really has to hit the Joe, uh, Joe Burrow ceiling and even Burrow runs more than Stroud in order to really return on that first round startup value that JSN might be able to get to. So looking at your wide receiver rankings, and by the way, I, I, I just agree with all that you said. I personally wouldn't take him at the 102 because I know that Young and Stroud hold more value. But um, if I were only in a few leagues, I would. And I would be, you know, really happy to move back and pick up a strong asset. Um, exactly, yeah. And look, yeah, it's like you said too. It's like, you just got to play the market. Yeah. I mean, if I'm pinned and I'm, there's zero shot on moving back. I would take him 102. But just knowing the market and knowing my values, I'm going to move back and I'm going to get a heavy plus on top and get the player that I was probably going to take at the 102. So that's just winning dynasty in a yeah, nutshell. Exactly. And, and talking about winning dynasty, JSN right now is really underrated on the wide receiver rankings as well. I've seen a few deals recently Um where people have used a guy like Christian Watson plus a second to go up and get him. Uh, Chris, Chris Godwin plus the two Oh two. I saw, I saw Stefan Diggs straight up for him. Um, I have the one Oh five in a league. I was offered Stefan Diggs and asked what I would need on top. I said, I would need another first on top to give up JSN. That might be a little bit rich. I didn't, I actually just wasn't trying to trade the pick. I wasn't expecting anyone to pay that, (laughs) but realistically i do have jsn above stefan diggs i'm curious where he falls in your rankings so i i can i can tell y'all i basically have a tier that ends at uh wide receiver nine with uh so that tier is cd lamb amon ra aj brown waddle garrett wilson alave and london then my next tier is t higgins Devonte smith tyree kill dk metcalf and cooper cup to me jsn falls right into that tier um, I could see an argument to take him above guys like T Higgins and Devonte Smith, uh, Cooper cup and Tyree kill. It's kind of just more of a preference thing. We know they're going to get 20 points a game next season. So that's kind of just where your team is at, but I could see an argument to have him there. So if he's going to be at the top of that tier, that would be wide receiver 10 for me. Um, where does he fall for you? Yeah, I, I definitely have him top 10 personally. Um, Similar to where he falls for you as the pre-draft process rolls. Um, I think I think I have him tiered in with like guys like Olave, London, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins. I'm I'm really big on those guys. Yeah. So I'd say he's around like the eight to ten, twelve-ish range right now for me. Um, my my big five is Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, AJ Brown, and Garrett Wilson. And then after that, it's honestly kind of give or take. I have I think I have it Waddle. 
And then it's honestly just a huge tier after Waddle. I think it's like guys like DK, Amon Ra, London, Smitty, T. Higgins, JSN, Olave. And then it's probably the next tier is going to be like you mentioned, like Terry Kill, Devontae Adams, Devon Diggs, Cooper Cup, like yeah. those older guys. But he's definitely going to be a top 12 guy for me until he proves he's not one. And that's yeah, me. Not- <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I look at, you know, I look at my prospect and quantitative grades and he's fourth, right? He's above where Wilson was. He's above where London was and where Alave and Waddle. So like you do have to factor in what they've done in the NFL. Jalen Waddle has put up two pretty good seasons. Garrett Wilson was really good for a lot of last year. Alave had some crazy yard per route run stats. Um, Drake London obviously had that, what, 30. 33% target share. I know he was second in the NFL. So yeah, it was 30 plus. Yeah. So it's hard to give up on that. You know, we know these guys can produce in the NFL where, you know, there's a bust risk, bust risk for any wide receiver in JSN. You know, we can't say that he has no chance of just being significantly worse than these guys. But that being said, if someone offered me Drake London for a pick that I knew was JSN, I would have really tough time doing that trade. Uh, mm-hmm. just one for one. I, I don't know how you'd feel about that. Yeah, that it's honestly comes down to just speaking it into existence, right? Yeah. So we're just predicting that we're confident in our analysis and we think JSN's going to be with those guys. So what I would try to kind of fall back on is trading Drake London for JSN Plus yeah. or trading, I know this is very hard for me to say, but trading Garrett Wilson for JSN plus or Alave for JSN plus that's kind of the pivot is that we want to get is get a plus on top of him for guys that we think he'll be very similar with and tiered in the same type of outcome. Yeah. But I do think there's a good chance that after his rookie year that especially with the, the way the league's transitioning into pass heavy, there's a really good chance that he he's above those guys come this time next year. So I think especially a guy like Drake London, who, you know, unless they get Lamar Jackson, I don't expect London to have a huge statistical year in terms of just, a, you know, raw counting numbers, while I think he'll still be really good on, you know, per play basis. So making that change, JSN could have a better year than London has. And if he does do that as a rookie, he's going to be graded higher in dynasty so like you're saying if you could move off london to get jsn plus that's a deal i would make i've actually traded two shares of garrett wilson for 105 and a 24 first i've done that deal twice um so that's gonna get me jsn if it doesn't i'll take anthony richardson and flip his value somewhere else but i'm I'm pretty Mm -hmm. confident that'll get me jsn given the league structure so i think we're on the same page there that He's going to walk into the league as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. I think he's underpriced. And what I've been looking to do is move some of those tier four and five guys. So your Jerry Judy's, your Traylon Burks, your Chris Godwin's, Debo Samuels. See if you can, you know, add uh, early second, depending on which of the players to get up to JSN, because you're increasing your upside and most importantly, your value upside so much by making a deal like that. Um, even a guy like Traylon Burks, who I really liked in the last draft, if I can, if I can pay, you know, a future second, um, or a relatively replaceable player, like, you know, uh, Jacoby Myers or Kadarius Tony, or even a Calvin Ridley to get up to JSN, um, that that's a deal I'd definitely consider. Spot on brother. And exactly like what you mentioned too, is 
Drake London might not have a good statistical year. Neither are guys like Traylon Burks, who is a very mm-hmm. valued player that I actually really like as a prospect. He's a beast. But these guys are just playing with absolute terrible quarterback play. And if JSN comes in and goes 12 to Houston, he's going to have a franchise quarterback from the get. Yeah. Or if he goes – and I, it's just – say he went to like – I don't know, even the Giants, like we mentioned, or the Chargers, all these QB needed teams that they're they all have good quarterbacks right now. Justin Herbert, Chargers, Daniel Jones, I'll I'll take him all day as my quarterback throwing at Jackson. So I just think if we speak it into existence, that good elite QB play that he could see year one is definitely going to help his value a lot, especially comparing to guys like London, who has Desmond Ritter throwing him the football or Traylon yeah. Burke. I don't even know who's throwing Traylon Burks the football next year. I think it's going to be Tannehill again, but just that's kind of just that seeing that long term and just kind of understanding that because a lot of people aren't thinking that. A lot of people aren't like JSN is a really good shot at going 12 to Houston and being paired up with Stroud or Bryce Young or somebody like that right away. And, and that's just something that I always look at. I always look into the future. And long-term situations do change. So I'm not saying Drake London's going to have Desmond Ritter for his whole career. He could get Lamar Jackson tomorrow, but he doesn't right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and you look into the, you look at the top wide receivers in dynasty and they all have at least competent quarterbacks. And, and that's important, right? You look at Jamar Chase, he's got obviously Burrow, CD Lamb's got Dak, um, uh, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. I, I know he's not a superstar, but it doesn't matter. He's a competent quarterback who's going to put up 4,500 yards a year. And if, if JSN gets that, I, I don't doubt that he can get, you know, 1,200 of those yards. Um, so I've already taken up a ton of your time. This was supposed to be a 20-minute podcast that we're going on minute 50 now. So definitely want to thank you. I think that this has been awesome. Uh, went really in deep on JSN. I hope that the listeners now realize uh, why we're so big on him and why he really uh, is not what his potential flaws are. He is what his strengths are. And that is an incredibly good football player. Uh, before we sign off here, why don't you tell us uh, again, where we can find some of your work? Yeah. If you guys want to just follow me on F- at FF Snoog on Twitter, um, I'm constantly posting out prospect tweets, threads, stuff like that. I'm always trying to crush the market values and find those values in, in dynasty that can help you, uh, succeed at, especially in your leagues, your home leagues. A lot of people aren't paying attention to the details that I'm looking for and that I'm trying to produce for you guys. So if you just shoot me a follow DMs are open 24 seven. So I'm always willing to talk. I love doing this stuff. So that's how me and Zolti met. So, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's been, we met recently, but it's been, uh, it's been great to talk to you more on here and definitely recommend following him. Um, of course, like, subscribe, review, rate, etc. Uh, this is only, I think, the third episode of this podcast, so still trying to develop a bit of an audience. So I would love any support that y'all could give me there. You know where to find me, Dynasty Zoltan FF on Twitter, uh, my Patreon uh, at the same, uh, patreon.com slash Dynasty Zoltan. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you either tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, we have a very special guest Uh, that I don't want to mention yet. I'll surprise it with you guys uh, later in the week, as well as some more prospect deep dives. So thanks so much for listening, everyone.